Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. A man who's played at Cougarai Oval, a man who played at Seaforth as well, and a man who's played in the US of A. He's the perfect bloke to talk to. I speak none other than Queensland number one. That's right. He was the Reese Walsh of the 80s. Gary Belcher, Badge, a very good morning to you. Welcome back to SEN. How are you, mate? Great talking to you, Benny. Yeah, I'd, uh, geez, I'd love to have Reese's speed. <laughs> I think would he... been, uh, That would have been nice. Unbelievable. He'd like to have your kicking you know, game, Badge. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't believe people are coughing up Cougar Oval. You are kidding. <laughs> what about Davies Park? Hey, Davies Park. Davies is Park. It... Exactly. Look, mm. It wasn't the great. Wasn't the greatest ground to, to to go to. But when you played there, gee, you had a magical feeling. Because I grew up as a South Junior, and I just I went along and watched the Fijians and Greg Beavers and Johnny Grant and all those blokes. And I just wanted to play at at Davies Park and loved it. But um, yeah, it probably wasn't the greatest place to visit if you're a if you're an outsider. And Seaford Oval, mate. Great, good to mention the old Seaford Oval at yeah. Queanbeyan. What a beauty that was. Well, what about Leichhardt or Belmore, which we see them as novelties these days, Badge? I mean, what were they like to, to, to play on? Leichhardt was, was good. Belmore, like, they were really... They they had great home ground advantages for, the, you know, for their respective teams, for mm. Belmain and for the, for the Bulldogs. And my fir- one of my first games... Uh, I, well, the first premiership game I ever played was actually at Brookie. When I went down to the Raiders, and um, that was a, that a little bit of magic about it too. I love those those smaller, you know, those well suburban grounds as you as you call them. Fantastic. Um, I got spat on running out at Redfern Oval, so that's an experience I'll carry with me forever. That was pretty rough and ready, but they were bloody passionate. Those Rabbitohs fans more so than a few other yeah, fans of other clubs. I love anywhere that's got a hill. If you've got a hill and you're watching sport, fantastic. If you can take an esky yeah. and a thermos, I mean, that, that takes us back. And and that's why I'm asking today, the top five suburban grounds. We saw it over the weekend and the week before with the uh, the preseason challenge. And and one of the great I, – I, I keep thinking it's a suburban ground, but it's not. They're about to play a test match there in New Zealand, the Basin Reserve in, in Wellington for cricket. You, yeah. look, you look at it with the white picket fence and the cars just driving by one of the main streets of Wellington. So we'll, we'll do that. Oh, the memories. Hey, Badge, speaking of memories, 1987. Do you remember much about Long Beach, California? It was just a, it was an end-of-season trip in the middle of the year, wasn't it? it well, yeah, it was, it was much like that, Benny. It was, um, you know, I did, I read with, with amusement, I think it was Crusher, Cleal was saying it was a, it was a fair income game and it should count as a record. Well, you'd say that if you won, but seriously, it was, it was not anything but serious. It was, it was thrown together at the end of the series. we Queensland had finally clawed back after a couple of series losses against the, the Blues. They were in, in, a, in a great um, period there in 85 and 86, and we finally managed to claw back to a, to 
to win the series two one, and then all of it they they were thrown together over I reckon a week or two that we were going to play an Origin game in um, in LA, and it was uh, you know it was a, absolutely it was a promotional game, an exhibition game. We we were we were anything but serious in the lead up to it. Um, a couple of things for the record, I, I, I tell you, they said twelve thousand people. It was probably twelve hundred. Really? There was there was I, I had a mate that was living in LA and it was only on the day of the game he he somehow heard about it. They promoted it because they I remember talking to one of the officials and they said, Oh yeah, they've been promoting it on a radio station in LA Well there was hundred and twenty stations at the time. There's probably a thousand now. And they had it on one station and, and it was thrown together over, you know, two or three weeks and there just there just wasn't any great um buzz around. Um, the game, you know, but, it, but but for us it was it was a novelty. The Blues did take it more seriously than us because they were still hurting after losing a series. Um, and as I think it was Fatty, he was just saying, you know, we um, we were sort of on the drink every night, um, getting ready for the game. Even the night before, we, were, we weren't drinking heavily, but we were having a few beers at the bar in our hotel the night before. I remember that clearly because that's when when Alf did his first bodybuilding routine and um at, to the amusement of everyone and then we turned up for the game and it wasn't probably it was half time I remember, I remember we were getting beaten pretty well and wally and wayne wayne bennett the coach they were kind of into us going what are you doing i thought gee this is serious so we we tried our best in the second half before the field was ran out of steam and the blues won 30 to 18 was the score line but i, I don't think we're interested yeah. in the score line for the 1987 exhibition match but we are interested in alan langer and the bodybuilding competition badge well well so what so what happened we were, we were at the bar and it wasn't busy in the hotel we were staying at and we're down in the bar and and next thing they know you know the announcer come oh we're going to have the bodybuilding competition and they started getting these guys up that had they were oiled up they'd obviously been out the back doing a thousand push-ups and making themselves as big and puffy as they could and they'd come out and they you know and they just have the little speedos on or whatever and their and their partners and friends were there's probably 30 people there yahooing and clapping and whatever it was and we're going what's this you'd never see this in australia what a wank and so they're doing their bodybuilding comp and and they go oh we've got one more contestant and uh from Australia, Alfie Langer. So Fatty had thrown his name in because they were going around the gun. Who's going to be? Fatty had thrown his name in. <laughs> the health just looked at us with this look of dread, like no way. And then he went, "Okay." So he just jumped up, took the shirt off. He's just got his jeans on, and he's he's more he's putting the shirt between the legs, like more like a stripper than a bodybuilder. And the girl, <laughs> we were all laughing, and the, the, all the bodybuilders there, they're, they're frowning like this guy's taking the piss out of us. Anyway, he got, I think he got third or second prize, 50 bucks. He put it straight on the bar for us. So we had a few more drinks. And well, uh, Alf got, yeah, I think he did that regularly after that. He'd turn up, he'd have a leotard on and whatever, G-string <laughs> or whatever else he'd wear. You've probably seen him at times, Benny, um, over the years at different events. That's where it started, and I wonder if there's going to be a repeat yeah. in Vegas at all. Forty, almost forty years on, um, he can he can go and uh, try and win another play. I'm just looking through that team badge. Well, yourself, Dale Shearer, Jacko, Gino, Tony Curry, Wally, Alf, Greg Dowling, Greg Kanescu, Brian Niebling, Gilly, Fatty, Bob Lindner. I'm I'm thinking maybe Alfie probably had the best rig out of those blokes. <laughs> he was. <laughs> 
He was, um, I think he might have been, we, we, we hired a Cadillac. Kerrod, Kerrod Wilders, yeah, um, as well. And he was in the side, wasn't he? Was Kerrod there? Oh, not, not on this official team yeah. list, but you only had two the, reserves. No, so maybe he was on the been. bench. Oh, yeah. Might have been Turtle. Anyway, Turtle, yep. Alf, Alf, we, we hired a Cadillac and Alf was basically looking through. He look, he's trying to drive. He had to be 21. I think he must have just turned 21. He looked about 16, but he's he's looking through the steering wheel to drive it. And we're driving around town on the wrong side of the road. And <laughs> yeah, he he um he probably he probably did that. Yeah, we probably all, all weren't that um, that super fit at the time. But it's like it's a good side on paper. But I think there was a few players that 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 went over injured because it was a like it was just a it was a. As you said, an end of season trip in the middle of the season, <laughs> um, and and we went and we, we actually did go. To, we played that was Long Beach, California. Field that's a really tricky thing to do, and I'm, and that's going to be uh, interesting. I don't know how it's going to affect the scores, but I suspect that they wouldn't be super high scoring games because the field is narrower and shorter. Um, and yeah, but but it was it was after the game. Well, it's just, as I said, a mate of mine from South in Brizzy. He turned. He rang me on the day of the game. We got him some tickets, and he said, "Oh, it'd be great. We I live at Huntington Beach. We'll go, we'll go out and we'll have some good nights out." And he hit all. I think we we're there till Sunday or something after a Thursday game or Monday, and then go surfing, whatever. And Tosser and Wayne decided that night that we we're going to go to Vegas. So we did. We went to Las Vegas and stayed there for a few nights. So um, yeah, it was my first um, chance to go. To Vegas, and uh, but now I think it's going to be a little bit more professional when yeah um, when it all happens. And, and Bad, this is what I also want to pick your brains on on the professional side of things, and, and and loving hearing these stories from from '87. And yeah, it will be it will be different because the NRL are trying to make a, a big push into the American market. They're trying to grab a slice of that. Peter Valandi said, even if we grab one percent of the American market, that there's three million people. If you can get three million people mm. to to sign up and stream us on our on our app from overseas, he said that there's, you know, there's an injection of, of, of millions into the rugby league coffers. We know that they've just had a record year as far as revenue. We know that there's almost 60 million profit in the bank. Where would you invest that money? Where would you spend that money badge? Where, where, where does rugby league need to put the money? Well, well there's a difference between investing and spending, isn't there? And now finally, I'm reading about well, the last 12 months or longer that they actually are investing it properly like they should have done years ago in, in, uh, in commercial real estate or you know, in areas that they're going to get a good return on, like they bought the, the um, uh, what's it called, up in Caxton Street. Yeah, Gambaro's um, Hotel. They own one. They own the, yeah, they own, they own uh, one of the McEwers on the Sunshine Coast and another hotel in Sydney and, as well. Yeah. And I believe the NRL headquarters. And so so that, you know, that's investing. Now, spending the money, um, of course, there's there's issues, I believe, with country rugby league we keep hearing about. And they're the areas they've got to keep investing in or, or, or spending money in and and putting money into juniors. And I just think maybe if they can keep offsetting, you know, junior players' um, fees and make it affordable for, for young families, that's all going to help. I'm, I have been really impressed and somewhat surprised with the growth in the women's game. I think it's fantastic. And there was a lot of people five years or so ago that were very sceptical about um, why, you know, women, the women's game was, you know, being um, promoted so much and how important it was. But I am dead set a believer. I love the way they play the game. 
and I think it's so important to the future of the game. So in all of those areas, they need to keep spending money, and you, probably you could see that as an investment. But I think as long as they keep, um, you know, also throwing, and I don't know how much they're going to make out of the American. Uh, you know, they're going to lose money straight up because it costs a lot of money. It'd be a yeah. bit of a junket for a lot of people at headquarters and then they've got to spend a fortune on getting these teams over and staying and everything else. Whether they're going to get a return straight away or not, um, but I imagine over that five years, they will. And and it'll be well and truly worthwhile. Bit of a pipe dream for us to think that they'll have great junior competitions or whatever going over there. I just can't see it. It's, it's not their game. And they still call it rugby. They don't know the difference. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as making money out of it, um, potentially on the gambling side of it, I think that's mm. one of the, one area that, that, that they're looking at. But also, you know, the streaming, as you said, and people getting interested in it. Badge, we just, can... I just think we've got yeah. to cool our heels a bit, Benny, and remember that it, it is... There have been a lot of people that have tried to get their, make their game big in America, and I can't think of any um, that have... have, have you know, done too much, perhaps soccer, and took them a long, long time. Badge, we could talk all day, and I said you were the perfect man to talk to about this. You've been and played in America. We've heard about the promotional, little promotion that was done there. Uh, the other reason I wanted to tap you on the shoulder too, you've played in the UK. You had a stint at Castleford, and and one of the things we're hearing is the NRL are exploring buying the UK Super League. I, I just think get our own priorities right in our backyard first, and then... Yeah, then... well, I think yeah, I'm with you, Benny, but I think it's so important to us that they make sure that the UK Super League survives and thrives. It's just, it just has to. If At least we've got one other strong competition. But, you know, we've got all these other uh, national teams that are going well, New Zealand and, and uh, Samoa and Tonga and Papua New Guinea, but their competitions aren't very strong. It, I think it's super important and that the NRL makes sure um, that the UK Super League is is strong and continues to be strong. And perhaps they know more about the game at an international level than we do. It might not be financially as robust as we'd like to think it is. I'm sure, there's some rich clubs like Wigan and others, but there's probably plenty of others that are struggling year to year. So maybe they need to just um, you know, get involved in, at some level and whether it's buying them out totally or investing in them just to make sure that it keeps going. And, and I, you know, I think that's... That's really important for the future because I can't imagine a future. I don't can't imagine how how rugby league's ever going to be strong internationally if that competition fell over. It would be it would be a major concern. Badge, always a pleasure to pick your brains, mate. Appreciate you coming on today. Uh, all the best, and we'll be watching with interest on Sunday as well. Gary Belcher, as I said, the Reese Walsh of the eighties. He was part of the originals heading to the US to promote rugby league over there. Nineteen eighty-seven, it was state of origin. But what about that with Super League? Maybe maybe he's got a fair point. Do, do we need Super League to be thriving and pumping to keep the international game going, which then has the flow-on effects of test stars, origin, rep footy, and, and getting kids in the next wave engaged? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. He makes a good point. I'm still not convinced that that's where they should be investing their money, but maybe you are.